Hey gang, uh, before we start the show today, I wanted to throw out a quick apology. Uh, in last week's episode, we made a Polish joke. Um, context of it doesn't really matter. Point is that we uh, used a word we shouldn't have, and uh, Jason and I just wanted to apologize for that. We've uh, edited that out of the episode from last week, so if you go back and listen to that, you'll you'll hear that bleep that was not in previously. Uh, and uh, wanted to say thank you to the builder who let us know about that and uh, called us out on that. We deserved that. So um, thanks for uh, for calling us out. Uh, thanks to everybody for your patience with us. You know, we, we make mistakes too. It's not okay. What matters is, is what we do going forward. So sincerest apologies from both me and Jason, and uh, we're going to do our best to do better going forward. Uh, so there you go. Uh, now on with the show. You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is, uh, what is it, it's Monday, December 10th. It's uh, 2018, episode 304. 41 uh, robin jason as usual it's driving over here tonight per usual yep. per usual driving over here tonight it's uh it's early december you know uh it's not uh it's not winter yet we're still technically in the fall i know um, you wouldn't know it in, wouldn't know in michigan it. But. 23 degrees outside today um it's it's that time of year where where it's still getting darker earlier and earlier right we haven't hit the winter solstice right. yet december 21st and so it's it's that it's that thing where it still gets darker earlier right now than it did the day before. And it feels really overbearing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So like I'm driving over to your house and it's 630 and it feels like it's 4 a.m. I know. Because right? it's dark and it's freezing cold yeah. and there's no moon. It's not and cool. it's just, oh gosh, it's just we, oppressive. But you found my neighborhood because... It was all it, the, because dude at the end of the block, man. It, it was all deflated and it off. Was? It was yeah, oh, yeah. I was disappointed. I was looking it's forward to his this year. It is yeah. enormous. I believe it's probably you. another fifteen to twenty percent larger than last year. How could it be any bigger? How does his property have room for that? He's got a double lot. So That's and frankly, I mean, if it was me, I would just start asking the neighbor next door, like, "Listen, you got this big backyard. Can I just make this bigger? Yeah. Or do you want the kids to be sad? Right? You know, I'll I'll mow it for you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> In fact, so. I would let the guy do that if he was going to offer to mow my lawn. <laughs> right? You mow my lawn this summer, you can use my lawn right. all Christmas. <laughs> the guy finally started putting, he finally put out a thing because people were asking about donations and he was like, you can like, you know, because it's like a $600 power bill he gets in uh-huh, December uh-huh. for doing that. I mean, you know. Whatever. It's his choice. It's his, He does it because he <laughs> likes to do stuff for the neighborhood kids, you know? So it's bizarre, man. Yeah. It's bizarre. It is. It is. My kids are like, can we keep getting more inflated? So we have four now. Did you see that? I did see that. The penguin was like two bucks at a garage sale uh-huh. and they had it inflated and the kids were like, oh. and I was like, it's $2. Yeah. If that will make you happy, sure. Uh-huh. Uh, so we have four. So I had to buy new power cables to make it work. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So because I'm lazy, I didn't want to have to plug in four different things. Oh, yeah. So I found a one plug. Mm-hmm. That has five, so that covers our four. Well, our four of our blowups. Three of those go into one extension, and then there's mm. a separate extension. So there's two cords from that. Plus, we have the projector. Did you see that? I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. the kids are very stoked about the projector. Yeah, uh, and then um, 
the uh, two Christmas trees. So, and you I saw we have a new Christmas tree inside. Yeah. Yes, a snowman tree. Very festive uh, this year, Jason. The uh, the Slingerland house is very festive. I so yes. here's the thing. I don't do any of the Christmas decorating. Uh-huh. I'm not actually a fan of decorating for Christmas. I'm okay. Yeah. I, I find like. As, a, as an aside here, I find Christmas actually super depressing. So, yeah, like it's dark. You've got like you're sitting in your house and it's all dark with the lights and stuff. And like yeah. the days are really short. And what, what is it bothers me? What is so like this? This has been kind of just bothering me lately. Let me let me talk to you about this. So this has been bothering me lately. As soon as we get into the holiday season, right? Once we get, you know, a week before November out to New Year's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Family, my my family, uh, but I think family. Period. I think I think I think most families are this way. Suddenly, want to spend more time together. Not my family. No. Well, you're lucky. I think most <laughs> families, though, and 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 it's not like I never see my family. Right. All, all all of the family that I'm seeing around the holidays right now is all family that's around all the time. You know, uh-huh. and the rest of the year. I'm good seeing all of them, you know, every once a month, right? And I'll see every single one of them, once, maybe twice a month, you know? Right. But as soon as we get into holiday season, they all want to spend a lot of time together. Yeah, yeah. Like every weekend they want to do something. And I just like, what changed? Right. The season, Rob. What changed? Why? Because Why? It- it's the Christmas spirit, Rob. That's, but nothing's different. It's not like like if we had family come. If if there was people who lived on the other side of the country, right? Yeah. And they were coming to visit uh, for for a couple of weeks, or maybe even the whole month, right? And this is the only opportunity that we had to see them the whole year. Yes, different story. We need to make the most of that time together. But but now all of my family lives here, right? And they have for a couple of years now, right? What's the big deal? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, do you, I mean, my family doesn't really like my mom. Well, like not even really. I mean, she comes down for Thanksgiving. She's coming out for Christmas this year. Um, she's a single person, you know. So like, uh-huh. it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. Like, she likes to hang out with the kids. We like having her here. We always we say that all our family is welcome. Like, sure, immediate family. I want to be clear. But not really. No, they are. They are. <laughs> they they could all. Show, I mean, they better call ahead of time. But they're all welcome to show up, right? <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, they don't. You know, sure. Every Thanksgiving, we say everybody's welcome, and generally, the only one that maybe shows up is my mom. Yeah. And for Christmas, uh, this is actually the first year anyone's ever come. So okay. Um, but that's you know, our, this is our thing. When I was a kid. I had uh, parents uh, um, who were divorced, right? Yeah. Um, so I, all of my, and so did Steph, uh, my wife. So um, all of our Christmas memories are of getting carted around to 20 places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't, it was like three. But I mean, like, I, it feels like that. It felt like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. as a kid, like, I just wanted to be home and like, like play with my toys and be happy, right? Like, yeah. it's, you know, like, that's what you get to do on Christmas Day, right? right. That's fun, right? Yeah. Um, so like literally here, like that is our rule. We will not travel anywhere. Christmas morning, we get up, we go to our church, we come home. That is it. Mm-hmm. People want to come see us. Great. We're putting on pajamas. Sure. We're not going anywhere. Those kids are going to play with their toys. They're going to have fun. That's the memory they get to have. Sure. And l- let me tell you, when I was a kid growing up, we didn't go anywhere on Christmas. We would go to church on Christmas Eve. Yep. And, and we yeah. do sometimes do that as well. Yeah. It just depends. And and then we would get up on Christmas morning. And sometimes we would have family from out of town visiting, but we did not go anywhere on Christmas. And it was great. Yeah. And I want to go back to that. Right. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, and I um we we just started doing that once we had kids. We kind of put yeah. our foot feet sure. down and said, no, oh, we're yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. Um. And you know, in, in our family's been very receptive to that, but it's it's hard, right? Because mm-hmm. the expectation is you guys always come to visit everyone. Well, yeah, but now we got kids and it's hard. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they just don't have as much fun. So we, the weekend before Christmas, mm-hmm. we'll cart around the kids to all the places mm-hmm. and do the Christmases. And then that's fun because each place they go, they get to see new people. They get some presents. Yeah. Then they come home and then they're locked in at home, yeah. and, <laughs> you know, for a few days. And that's just, it's just nice. Yeah. So Yeah, I hear that. We should probably talk about games. Oh, yeah. We haven't been doing much of that lately, have we? No. Um, oh, can I dry this beer yet? Yeah, I've oh, been drinking. I'm like half. I know, well, but I wanted which is to probably s- I'm talking because I think this is probably really. Strong. I wanted to say a thing. It's ten and a half percent. So this is uh, your favorite Neapolitan stout yes. from uh, Saugatuck Brewing, but this is their bourbon barrel aged Imperial Neapolitan stout. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, let's yeah. try this. I I definitely smell that bourbon barrel thing. Yeah. Also would, known as really expensive Neapolitan stout. Yeah. I wonder, do they actually, at this point, do they really age these things in bourbon barrels or is there some kind of an additive or something? Because no, I've seen more and more bourbon barrel aged beers out there. I mean, New Holland does it for real. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, they got so good at it that they started making whiskey or bourbon out of the. Um, yeah, of the beer barrels. Yeah. Because, yeah, they that made is good. Uh, beer barrel bourbon. Yeah, it's good, it's right? Good, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, like, it's a nice bourbon stout, but then it's got the mm-hmm. Neapolitan. Um, you know, yeah. aftertaste to it that I've always been a fan of. Yeah. I, I just, I wonder if every brewery does that. Cause I know that a, a lot of wineries, they say barrel age, but they don't actually agent barrel. They put in a stainless steel tank and they put chunks of charred oak in there okay. to soak in the, in the, I, Saga talk is pretty legit. Like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing it the right way. That's my yeah. guess. Oh, I mean, I hope so. Um, and the fact that they're charging so much more for this tells yeah. me they probably did something else. <laughs> I've got what well, I have a founders at home, a founders, uh, bourbon barrel aged red ale uh, yeah i think it's a red ale that i've got at home and it was and it was pretty good but it, it has that same bourbon flavor to it um it, it, it's fine this is this is better than that though yeah this is good i like awesome. this cool um games yeah so what, uh, we're gonna talk about um was ray miller's thing mm-hmm. here yeah sorry i'm swallowing my beer let me um uh get that back up ray uh i tweeted for topics And Ray said, hey, I went to PAX Unplugged and spent a lot of time in the Unpub room. Though all the tables were full most of the time, not all games had people playtesting at them. Um, Not not all the games had people playtesting at them. You guys could talk about some of the ways to entice a playtester to sit down and play your game. Yeah, so I think uh, uh, that is an important piece when you go to events like that, when you go to Unpub uh, events, or really any kind of thing where you're trying to get people to come to your to your table. Um, there's there's skill involved in that, right. you know. Um, in in I just want to say first, I always feel bad, right? Because like, yeah, it's pretty typical. Like at Unpub, like a true Unpub, it's not mm-hmm. it's never a problem, right? Sure. Because like, yeah. there are so many people. Um, there are so many games. Um, everybody's going to get some playtests to their games. And plus, mm-hmm. people will walk around at Unpub and make sure that all the games are getting playtested, right? Even when we had Unpub Midwest, I saw yeah. that happen. There were yeah. some games where I, I they didn't quite get as many playtesters, sure. but they got playtesters, right? Um, but um, the uh, but you'll see some, you know, and I, I, like I said, I feel bad because I'm like, I get that they really want people to play their games, but like, I like... The biggest thing that deters me that like I will sit down and try someone's game even if I don't think it looks interesting if they don't have playtesters unless this is the big unless mm-hmm. the sprawl right 
if a game has 75 components on the table, yeah, like, and I don't mean 75 total, I mean like 75 unique different components yeah. on the table, and there's a huge map, I will not sit down. Yeah. I will ask the person about the game. I may even ask them how long it takes to play, knowing it's going to be like 14 hours and I'm not going to be able to play. Mm-hmm. And I can say, I got to get back to my table. But I still feel bad. Like, because yeah. there's an audience for that game. Yeah. It's but just not me. And that audience is not necessarily at that event. Right. Yeah. I saw that at Grand Con. This one guy had this this really cool idea for a game. Yeah. Uh, and he, he did get some play testers, which made me happy, but it was... Um, it was he'd taken Marvel Dice Masters cards uh-huh. and dice and made it into an RPG, right? That okay. actually sounds kind of cool, right? Sure, like, it's a neat idea. On yeah. a if Friday night, if the dude was like a friend of mine and he was hanging at my house, it would say it was you, and you're like, I did this thing, right? I'd be down for that. Sure, let's give it a try. Sure. But like at Grand Con, like I don't have time to spend two hours doing that, right? I just yeah, I, like we have schedules that we have to keep, we got people we have to meet, you know. Yeah. Um so uh anyways, yeah, like I um it's just, um, yeah, yeah. So, so um, number one, number one thing here, I think, then is 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 approachability. You you need your game to be approachable, right? And and that's and not you want somebody to to walk past your table and look at it and think that looks like something that I could get into, you know. Um, and and yeah, not to say there's not an audience for every uh, type of game out there. There absolutely is an audience for every type of game. But at those events, those events are kind of structured to get a lot of people in there. And 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 there's also you know there's there's a a uh, a plethora of players and also a plethora of games to play. Right. And so you you uh, you will benefit by by making your game attractive and presentable. And look like something that's easy to engage with, right? Right, right, right. Um, uh, uh, having something that's different and exciting is is nice, but but on a basic level, it needs to be something that looks uh, easy to get into, um, right? Because because people are going to want to sit. In, in, if somebody's going to go to be a player at one of those events, they also want to play a lot of games that day. That's right. part of the experience for them, and so they want to be able to say, they look at this and feel like, I think this one is probably worth my time, right? You know. Um, um, so, so it needs to be real. And you, you and your game need to be approachable. And and your point about seventy five different components out there, yeah, that's a big one. Right. And maybe your game, maybe all seventy five of those components are really important, and they're really not that complicated. Right. But it, but at a glance, the first impression could be that holy cow, that's intimidating. Right. And so the the biggest thing I'll like these are my two tips that I do. Right. That yeah. work really well for me because mm-hmm. I actually will find that I will get play testers when I don't want them, mm-hmm. and it's just because I put a little effort in. Like in fact, I will usually take that effort away if I'm trying to not have to show someone a game because like sometimes you're just like i just really want to be done right now yeah and then somebody's like oh what do you got here and you're like oh gosh mm-hmm. but i mean i'm not you shouldn't you know look at gift horse in the mouth with play testers sure. right but you know what i mean so okay um i don't know why you shouldn't look at gift horse in the mouth what is he? he's a horse what is he? his mouth is huge he probably doesn't care but anyways so here's the thing this the is etymology important. of that or origin of that uh, idiom is idiom is that the right idiom expression i don't anyway let's go sorry. with that go idiom on. You're an idiom. Um, but anyways, uh, two things that I do. One, uh, I will, first of all, I generally make smaller games, which look more attractive. Like you had a big game. You had Saloon Tycoon. You had players lined up out the door, but it's because it was laid out and looked attractive on the table, right? Yeah. I, I, um, I, I'm but, not going to say that, that small games are, are by default more attractive, but they, I think they, they are more likely to... They look more approachable. To be approachable, yes. yes. Right. Saloon Tycoon, because you have the little piles and stuff and the little board set up, right? So, so here's my tip number one. Set up the game, right? 
do a fake setup even. Like sometimes I will purposely stack the deck to, just because I want to see a certain scenario. The playtesters don't have to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll set it up uh, so that people can see. And that does two things. One um, is when somebody walks up and says, what do you have here? You say, I've got this game. It does this, this, and this. It's already set up. You want to play? We start right now. It'll take 20 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where I think smaller games also come in handy because they're faster. And a lot of people come to those events. You know, you're going to get that guy or girl who wants to sit down and play a two-hour game, but most people want to burn through 10 or 15 games when they're there, right? They want to feel like they got their their time's worth there, right? Mm -hmm. And sitting and playing one game when there's 50 games or 100 games doesn't necessarily seem like that. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it turned out to be the perfect game for them. Uh, but two is, in this I actually stole from you, um, and I, funny because I actually haven't seen you do it as much as I do it now, is is the uh, standee, like the clear uh, stand with a, with a sign in it, mm. um, where I make up a little logo for the game. I say how many players, age, ages plus, right? Like eight plus, And I pretty much put eight plus in every single game I make. Um, because mm-hmm. it makes people think it's more approachable than it probably is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and then I'll put like how long it takes, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll go ahead and, and like make like I said, make like a little logo that makes people go, oh, what's that? Yeah. Now you can do that with Unpub. With Unpub, I have those little things you're supposed to fill out. And I do that. Mm-hmm. But those don't catch people's eye as no, much as true. my yeah. little colorful sign. And it's not well graphic design. We both know I don't know what I'm doing with that. But... I know how to make some colors pop and it gets sure. some people's attention. It's not that hard. Yeah. It'll take me 20 minutes to do that. And that pays off in spades. And I double side it uh, and I have two of them. So yeah. I'll have two games showing at a time and then I flip it around and show a different game mm-hmm. and no one will get to see the other game, you know, if they don't want to. Yeah. So, and, and I did do that in the past. You know, obviously I didn't go to Unpub last year. Um, and I, and I was, I just haven't been done one of those events since, uh, what Unpub Midwest, and even for that, I was only there a half day, right? And I didn't. In anyway, I had a lot going on at that didn't point. Put any effort in, and I and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have time to make a sell sheet or right, a logo right, thing right. for that. So yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. So so another important thing uh, is your is your your pitch, your carnival barker carnival barker yes. uh, uh, connection with people. You know. Right. Um, uh, and this is something I think you and I learned from just doing tables at conventions, trying to sell crap mm-hmm. in the past. You know, is is when people walk by, you make eye contact, eye contact, you smile, you say, "How you doing? What's going on? You having a good time? Hey, have you heard?" Uh, it, my my standard is, "Hey, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this game, X game, which is the game that I've got on my table right, right. here?" And they'll say, "No," or oh, "No." I mean, if they say, "I know," oh, thanks a lot, or "I'm not right. interested," or whatever, whatever. But if they say, "No, I haven't," hey, that's your in. It's it, you're not saying do you want to play? You're saying hey, have you heard about? No, I haven't. Well, let me right. tell you, it's the best game here. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play it. If you don't play it, you're gonna miss out on the best game. That's kind of my standard line. But and but it's funny, right? It's right, funny. Right, it's right. It, it's probably not true, and we right. both know that. Right. Um. But it's but it's a way to kind of say being generous. Of probably not yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a way of saying hey, you know I. I, we're, we're just here to have a good time, right? And it's not right, it's not right. this big a deal. You know, I'm a normal dude who's just here to have a good time too. Right, so right. I'm not going to put a lot of pressure on you as a player. And that's Let's, something yeah. that I hate is when people put a lot of pressure. Like, yeah. Because it makes me uncomfortable when somebody's like, hey, you, you want to you try this game? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just looking around like, come on. Or when you're just walking, you don't make eye contact. Like, hey, you, you, you want to play this game? No, no, like... I I, yeah. I I don't even sell as hard as you do. I make wait till they make eye contact with me. I'll smile and be like, how's it going? You know, um, and this is the most I'll sometimes say, looking to try a quick game. And usually they'll say, 
well, what do you have? And then I'll say, well, and, and I'll, I'll look at them and think, this is what I want to play. Mm-hmm. Do I think they're going to want to play that? Yeah. Or, or, and I, I admit, and some people are going to fault me for this, but I will generally attempt to make a snap assessment of the person and determine whether or not I think they're going to be the type of person that mm-hmm. I want feedback from for a specific game. If I get a blank on that, then I will either go with the game I already have out or offer them choices. Mm-hmm. But usually, I mean, you do like judging people. It's it's again. It's not it's not to judge people. It's an <laughs> assessment, right? It's to make a quick look and say, for instance, you know, a dad one time came up yeah. with with two like ten year old boys, right? Um, I had Gunsling and Ramblers and something else, and I immediately seeing that gravitated towards the other game. The other game was more late hunted. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, I've got this other game too. Let's make more of it. Oh no, let's play the gun game. And I was like. Okay, as long as you feel like it's... Oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Mm. And like five minutes of the game, the kids are confused. They're uh, not sure why they're killing everyone. Like, And the dad like just like doesn't want to admit he's wrong, right? Yeah, sure. But, you know, that was me. Like, I could have told you that was going to happen. Hence the fact I was trying to show them the other game. But he's like, no, what's this game? I don't know about this game, right? Yeah. But I don't want to play this game with you. Because guess what? He didn't have any good feedback because sure. he was a total D-bag. And his kids sure And the didn't. kids were just like, this game was fun. I killed stuff. And I yeah. was like, you're going to probably end up in juvie some point. But anyways. Again, so, you'll um, have to judge. I'm just saying, those <laughs> kids are probably torturing animals on the side. But um, so yeah, anyways, it was yeah. just uh, like, I think that if you are halfway decent at reading people, that is worth doing, right? Because... I really can't stand when somebody looks at me and says, you look like you want to play this really, really long, bad game. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, though. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get it. Like, that's not something everybody is interested in doing is trying to figure out, like, what's, mm-hmm. you know. But I honestly have found that in general, I am correct about, about at least within a, with, you know, within a certain percentage point of, like, it was worth my time to have them try this game or it, and it was worth their time because they had fun. Mm-hmm. Or it wasn't. I'm usually a pretty good judge of that. Okay, fifty-one percent of the time. I would, I would, if I had to put a number on it, I would say in the mid seventies <laughs> is where I'm at. Okay, with with being able to guess whether or not someone's going to be a good playtester for my game. Got it. I bet that if you tried, you're easily in the sixties at doing that, if not higher. Well, maybe. I don't know. I haven't thought about it that you way. You aren't super judgy. You just don't say it. <laughs> You think it, so just take the thoughts in your brain uh-huh. and make a decision. Uh-huh. Just vomit every thought that I have out into a no, microphone. No, no. You like don't you have do. to do that. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. I do not do that. <laughs> if I did that, this show would have been canceled a long time ago. <laughs> I would have been fired from my own show. <laughs> um, well, but so so in the end, we're talking about uh, uh, you know, make your game presentable, make your game look uh, look easy to get into, as easy as you can. Not to the point of misleading anybody about what the game is, but but you know, <laughs> this game is about kittens. No, don't put like kidding. It's about flamethrowers. Don't oh. put like nine cards out on the table, and then as soon as somebody agrees to play, you pull out the box from under the table and start setting up the world map. Right, right, right. And right. The, yeah, but um, you you yourself also need to be approachable. You need to be engaging. You need to also, you know, I think what we kind of got from that was take the pressure off. Right, you know, take the pressure off of playtesters because they they're there to have fun, but they also know why you're there, and they want to they also want to help you, right? And so generally, if, yeah, if they feel like if they get a vibe from you saying that I don't know, I don't, I feel like this guy wants more than I can give him, 
then then they might not want to waste your, they'll feel like they're wasting your time right right you know and hey they probably are and no <laughs> but i mean like let's be honest about that right like sure. it, they don't want to waste your time you think they're probably going to great don't have them try your game yeah don't waste that's each other's okay time. yeah um the other thing is like i will tell people early on like you know we don't even have to play the whole game like and yeah. a few minutes in i'll check if it's going to be like a 20 plus minute game i'll say hey how mm-hmm. you feeling you want to keep doing this I've got some information out of this. It's up to you. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. I'll keep going. Most of the time they'll say, keep, but I've had a few people go, yeah, you know, I don't think it's for me. I'm like, great. That's no problem. We save sure. us both time. Like I'll get more play testers yeah. who want to play my game. Yeah. The other big piece of advice though, that I kind of alluded to earlier is bring more than one game. If you can having games of different complexity levels, if you're a designer who, who's mm-hmm. does that, right. Yeah. Some designers I know are, are pretty like specific with, I make super simple games or mm-hmm. I make super complicated games. Um, but, you know, try to, if you can have both ends of the spectrum or somewhere and it's not, or two that are close to the middle, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think and, that's helpful. And I think we, we've advocated for that in the past as being a good thing, just so, if nothing else, so you don't get burned out on one game over the that's course of a weekend, important. right? Very important. Very important. Um, uh, it, I also recommend telling people up front as, as early in the conversation as you can, be, even be, hopefully before they commit Tell them how long it's going to take to play this game. You know, be be respectful of their time, please. Yes, because because they're not. You know, they're again they're there to play a lot right. of stuff in in the day if or in have, the afternoon. If you have a ninety minute game, you better not say it's a sixty minute game, right? right. Yeah, if you know um, that it's going to take them first time players ninety minutes, you need to tell you need them to say that. that yeah, right? yeah. And when, before you get to unpub, hopefully you've figured that out. Right, and it's fine to say, hey, listen. This is probably going to be a 90-minute game the first time. If that's too long for you, but you're still willing to give it a try, let's play 30 minutes. I think I can get some good feedback out of that. Um, you know, I mean, If you think you can. Yeah, if you, yeah, don't say you can if you can't, because that's wasting, again, you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah um, in this, this yeah, if you can be kind of a showman, right? That's part of the experience for these folks. But not the creepy kind. Not the creepy kind, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, and I always I always kind of practice my elevator pitch about like a goofy thing that's going to make this game fun. Like kind of mm-hmm. like I guess it's kind of the same thing you do with like if you played this is the best game here like, you know. Yeah. Like to just be like, "Hey, you want to do this this and this?" Like, how's that sound? And people are like, "That sounds crazy." Like, "Let's do that." And yeah. because I tend to gravitate towards weird themes, that makes that easy. Like that sure. those frankly those are great unpub games cuz the the themes sell the experience to the players. Mm-hmm. Or um, it's at least an in. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. They may not like the game, but it, it's enough to get them to sit down and try it. Yeah, right. So, so having some kind of an in or a hook or something can can be a great way to catch people's attention and change it. Can continue the conversation from what is this to all right? I'm going to sit down and look at this more seriously now. Right. So, yeah. Exactly. Those are all thoughts that that i have um which of lots of things yeah all right well it, it is it is something that takes practice though you know? absolutely absolutely and yeah you need in listen if you are an introvert um this is going to be hard for you mm-hmm. right there's yeah. no way around that it's going to be tough right yeah. and i um i always kind of dub myself as an introvert who doesn't mind being extroverted when i need to be mm-hmm. um which is why I am less showy about like I'm more like let's make a cool sign to get people's attention because once somebody mm-hmm. walks up and says, "Oh, this looks neat." I'm like, "Yeah, let me tell you about my game." But mm-hmm. I'm always afraid to be that guy that's like, "Hey, come see my game. Yeah. It's so good." Um yeah. so if you're an introvert, try to make that that nice sign. Try to make some 
bring some things that are going to get some attention that don't require you to have to stand up and say, look at me. Yeah. The people will say, look at this, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can say, oh, they, they care about my thing. Let me talk to them about it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, I, I have been an introvert for most of my life, uh, certainly as a kid and into early adulthood. And it's one of those things that I had, I had to make the decision one day to say, you know what, if I want to get anywhere with my career, if I, if I, I need to figure out how to get over this uh so that i can uh so that i can engage with people and be more outgoing and, right and i can't i can't just do do that and 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 that's another thing i you know this is maybe a little off topic but it's something that that i think about a lot that i talk about a lot with my wife um is that is that um my nature is to stay home with the you know the windows shut and the blinds drawn and the door closed curmudgeon like yeah right and just like hide and just hide. Yeah, that that's my my natural state of being, and so in it. But but I also know that that can be unhealthy, and that often is unhealthy, and that sometimes I need to get over that and get outside that. But um, but when I do that, it it drains me and and it exhausts me. And that if I want to keep my my mental health in good order, I need to sometimes I need to do that. But then I also need to give right. my time afterward for myself time afterward for recovery. Um, and any, it's a balance. Yeah. Anytime I go to a convention or some kind of event like that, I, I need that. And, and like when I, when I've done pitches, uh, for at Gen Con, for example, e- even during the day, right. Where it's, I, I don't schedule things back to back, right. It, if it's at all possible, a schedule thing, give myself time to kind of step back and go, you know, okay, okay, okay. Calm down. Get your, get your crap back together. Okay. Stabilized back to it, you know? Right. No, I mean, I think I mentioned this before, like the last Gen Con, was so there was just so much happening yeah like it was so big there were so many people that on sunday nicole amato found me like in a hotel just sitting in a hallway and she was like what are you doing and i was like i just needed to not be there and she was she's awesome she just popped down and started talking to me it's like let's hang out then you know and then once we both like okay we went back together it was pretty great yeah (laughs) so um but anyways uh yeah yeah, yeah. all right i should pitch a game here yeah sure so okay um this is, I, I literally it was like, we have to record today. And I had another game pitch I've been working on. It wasn't working out. And I, I've been thinking a lot about wanting to make a, a flicking game, right? Like flick. where, you, where you flick uh, discs or something. But I happen to have, and you see in here, these little square tiles that I've used before. They're yeah. nice weighted square tiles. I don't think I've seen these before. There's little plastic tiles. Yeah, they're from yeah. the Learning Resources what are group. They? Little one, one, inch, one inch squares. One inch squares, yeah. It's like about a quarter inch thick. Yeah, 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 and they're pretty light. They're for um, teaching. They're counting squares. Um, yeah, they were like twenty bucks for a big pack. I uh, when Josiah went to last year to um, to school um, for the first time, I saw those when we went to tour the classroom and immediately took a picture and went and ordered them off Amazon like <laughs> within like a half an hour. Yeah, um, it was like I will design a game with these. It took a while. Um, the pancake game I worked on for a bit. Um, uh, with Gilmore, that uh, had these in it. Oh, okay. um, you'd stack them. Um, but anyways, so this game right now, because I just came up with it today, is called a confidence game, uh, like a confidence game, like like you know you're a con man, but it's like confidence. Get it? That's confidice. terrible. I know, right? It's really bad. It's okay. Um, I literally came up with it 
like in 10 minutes. And I was like, how can I make this about guys? You so sh- you should have dropped it and come up with something else. <laughs> Cause that name is, so, we'll just call it a confidence game. Too late right? now. Yeah. Go right. ahead. So anyways, uh, <laughs> so here's how the game works. Uh, the game is the components are three large D sixes in three different colors. Okay. Right now I have red, uh, blue and yellow. Um, and, uh, then I've got, uh, these little one inch squares each player has 10 of them. They have an orange one, two greens, three blues, and four yellows. Um, so what's going to happen is at the beginning of the game, you're going to roll the dice. Um, and they're going to come up in different faces. And then you're going to stack them in the center of the table. Blue on the bottom with yellow above it and red on top of that. Okay. Now what this is makes, what this little stack here makes is really hard to do. Is it always blue, yellow, red? Yes. Okay. So. Uh, blue is like their pants, right? It's their jeans, their waist, and then their head. It's kind of this is a person, right? Oh, this is the mark. Okay, right. So this is this is a dexterity game about conning someone. Um, All right, I know, right, right, right. I know, right. It's crazy, um, but actually, I think it's really cool. So, all right, so you put this in the center table. This this kind of stack, almost like a totem pole of of dice, right? Then I've got my my. Um, my little things here. So what I'm going to do throughout the game is I'm going to flick them at the tower of dice, right? Like at the, at the mark basically. Right. And I'm going to try and get them by the mark. Now I don't want to hit the mark hard enough that I tip him over because if I do the round ends, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other player is going to get all the points for that round. So the way my tiles work, I'll get my notes here. Um, the way my tiles work is, the orange tile is worth five points. This is kind of like, this is the sale. This is the MacGuffin. This is the thing I'm trying to sell to the person, right? It's worth five points. Um, um, no, sorry. Um, it is worth, uh, yeah, five times the score. Now, so this is the top one. Theoretically, this top die would be orange to match with that because mm-hmm. the number that's on the top of that is what I'm going to get. Okay. If my orange at the end of the round is, is, is the closest... To the mark. Closest or touching. Closest or touching, yes. Right? And then we'll, we'll eyeball for closeness at the end of the round, right? Uh, the yellow tiles are kind of the various other ideas that I'm selling to this person, right? Okay. And those are the, so there's one orange and four yellows. Yeah. The yellows, as you may have guessed, when you take the, the red slash orange off the top, that two, they're all going to score two points for every one I have that is... Um, that is within range of him. Within mm-hmm. range is within one tile's length. Okay? All right. Then I've got my green tiles. My green tiles are are the nasty things I'm going to say about the other confidence people trying to pitch this, this mark something, right? So I want to try and get those on the opposite side or where your stuff's going to hit. And anytime you flick something that touches one of these, it's removed. Not my thing, but yours, okay? So I have two of those. And then I have three blues that are what we're calling like shields. These are just basically distractions. They don't score me any points, but my goal is to try and get them in the way of your stuff to block, right? Um, I can also... Oh, no, no. <clears throat> sorry, sorry. The um, These blue ones... I changed that. I'm sorry. Um, they're defenses, but when I shoot those, I have to flick them hard. Like, they have to, they have to clear across the table, right? Uh, I'm trying to use those to knock your things away because there's going to be like four points in the game, kind of like walk on fire where there's the four corners. Anything that does not land within those four corners or is knocked out of those four corners is removed from the game for that round. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, 
So, but if I were to accidentally knock over the mark, that means that means we scared them away, right? Then we're going to default to whatever this bottom one is, and the only score that will happen is my opponent <clears throat> will get that. So this is only two player. It could be four player. It could totally be four player. That would mean that all other opponents would get that. So in a four player game, I knock it over. Everyone else in this case would score three points because that's so you roll the dice ahead of time. You know what the result is. It's just you don't you know what I mean. But the, I like the stacking idea. Um, and uh, yeah, so the tiles would all be the same. We would just all have like a symbol on them or a picture or something to denote our confidence person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's that's the basic outline of the game. And I, I actually did some testing around with it today, uh, just flicking the the things around, switching back and forth and trying to see what that was like. And uh, it's it's pretty fun, like trying to get them close without... Because you can tap him decently and it will shake and start to kind of move. And you're like, oh gosh. Yeah. But I, if I'm doing well, I don't necessarily want you to knock it over because I could score more points if you don't knock it over, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm thinking you'd play a number of rounds because it, you can play around yeah, like you'd five have to. minutes. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's like a day, like all the tourists are coming in and you're trying to like scam them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it's it, it has the potential to be a fun little dexterity game. So yeah, yeah. sure. It's very component dependent, though, right? Yeah, I, I mean, because because you'd have to, and I, you would need some kind of equivalent of these. Of these tiles, right? Well, the way, right? circle discs would work just as just as well, I think. Yeah, I like the square because they're a little different. They are different. I also right? have more of those, so it was easier. But I do have like the weighted circle tiles that originally came in that um, game that Phil Kilcrease sent to us. The um, was it any divine game? Mafia something? Oh yeah, um, Mafia Town, Mafia Mob Town, Mob Town. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah, and those discs that he sent in there were very nice and thick. Um, yeah, and I've been thinking about using those in something because I still have those. They're just kidding, you know, but anyways, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking about using those, and I was like, oh, I want to try these square ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to think of some reasons why you would want to flick it hard sometimes and be required to, but other times you'd want to flick it softly. Um, but the idea is, once all of the things have been played, then mm-hmm. the round ends, and then you. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that you can. I I, like, I feel like people should be incentivized to flick it hard. Because it's better for them, not because if they don't flick it hard, they lose it, right? So the, I think the incentive there is to flick it hard to get it across the table because it's going to be in your way and not in mine. But if I if I whiff on it, then, oh, crap, and then it's just in my way. And I think that's... Y- y- you can't force them to flick it hard, but you can incentivize them to flick it hard, right? Okay, okay, I can because, see that. Because then how at some point there, there's some middle ground where you say, I flicked that hard, and somebody else across the table says, no, you didn't, you didn't flick it hard enough. And, that's true. You so know, I guess that um, I guess what you could say is, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I think that if you're going with that, because one of the things I did notice is when flicking this, about half the time I would, it would just do that, right? Yeah, or just yeah. go like an inch or two. Yeah. So I do like the idea that it stays there, and you have to flick that one again. Yeah. The next time, that mm-hmm. is your that's your flick. Um, have you ever played Crokinole? I've heard of it, but I've never played you it. You should play Crokinole sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really good. It's I mean, it's a flicking game. It's I'm not saying it's the same as this, but it's it's a really good flicking game, which is a weird thing to say, but it's really good. Right, right. Yeah. I was um, built a game called Smashing Four on my phone, which is essentially a flicking game, but you just you just point your guy, yeah, and then he goes on his own, right? Like, okay. 
you, it, you don't have to flick it. But like, I read about that one company. I can't remember. Lucky Duck Games, I think maybe. No, are they the ones? I think they're the ones that do the. Um, they do all apps games. They like okay. convert app games to card games. And I was like, I wonder if any ideas for that. And Smashing Forward was one that came to mind. Like you've got your little box arena, right? And you're flicking things. But like, it's like, how would that work? But ever since I started thinking about that, I've like, I want to make a flicking game, right? Mm. Um, and I always really care, uh, liked um, Matt um, Loomis's game. Oh yeah, um, um, Cosmic Cosmic Kaboom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was yeah, that was great a lot of fun. Yeah. So and it's just that. Kind of you're just flicking stuff around, you know. It's, it just feels good, right? Yeah, very tactile. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Um, yeah, all right. So that's what I got. Yeah. And you were calling it what? We're just calling it a confidence game now. I was trying to figure out a way to call it confidice, like confidence, but confidice. But that's not what you said before. I said a confidence confidice game, like it's a confidence it? game. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, I feel like it was worse than that. Yeah, I mean, I that's still real so. bad. Yeah. But. I mean, I thought about like Confidice Man, like something like that, but the, the I didn't want to limit it to, I know Con Man is like the term, but like yeah. I didn't want to like limit it to a gender. So, because, yeah. you know, frankly, women can be better con artists. Oh, con, con artist, con, con artice, con artice. <laughs> it's just bad. That's still bad. Yeah, yeah. Just I was bad. just trying, and frankly, dice aren't even like, it's the tiles, really. The dice are just the yeah. three stacks in the middle. Yeah. So another way to play it would be with multiple stacks of, of sure. marks. Yeah. Uh, that would actually might be more fun. Oh, gosh, that would be way better. Yeah, because you have multiples. Then you've got, you're more likely to knock them over. And when you knock one over, they just run away unless they happen to topple and knock another one over. And then it's, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to try that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Anyways, this is it's just a fun little sure, dexterity yeah. game. So it's all right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try that though with multiple people. Yeah, do it. Okay. Well, um that's uh, enough. I think we're out of time now. Uh, yes. Before before the end, I wanted to say uh thanks to everybody who supported uh um Fallen Treasures on Kickstarter. We did make the goal uh with your help. So thank you so much. We really, really appreciate that. Uh I I think uh, I think everybody's gonna really enjoy Fallen Treasures. It's a it's a really fun, cute little game. Super easy to learn, easy to pick up and and get into and play as quick. I um, better. I I spent twelve dollars on the game. I yeah. better love it. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's gonna be in in uh you know Cardlord's uh, signature plastic uh tuck box, which, nice. which travels and carries really, really well. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, thank thank you for that support. Uh I'm pretty stoked. So uh it'll be good to see that. Uh, I think what the target I think is April for that to ship. I believe. Nice. I believe so. Pretty fast. That's, not, that's that is fast. Pretty fast, all things considered. Yeah. So, um, cool. And that's gonna do it for for us. So thanks everybody for listening. If you want to get in touch, uh, standard crap that you're already accustomed to, uh, at podcast btg at ja slingerland at poorly underscore designed. Building the game podcast at gmail.com, building the game podcast.com, 770 tell BTG. Uh, and, uh, and that's what that's, that's how we do. So, good night. Good night. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast.